Round one, advantage Sixers. Pacers take a fourth quarter lead but can't get it done against Philly and their stars. What went wrong? What can they do better? And when did it go right for the Pacers on Sunday night? We'll get to all of it today on the Locked On Pacers podcast. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend and welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name's Tony East. I cover the team for Forbes and SI. And today we're talking Philly. We're talking Pacers game one of the two games set in Philly Sunday night. Pacers lose to the Sixers. Final score, not really indicative of the game to me, but the final score was 137 to 126 really interesting game philly was really dominant for two stretches and the pacers were pretty good for the rest of the game that's both encouraging and discouraging for the pacers prospects of beating this philly team we'll explain that all today as we break down the action tyrese halburn's incredible third quarter the stars of philly going insane is that sustainable against this pacers team and plenty more these teams play again so we'll probably be talking sixers tomorrow night as well in-season tournament game coming up. There's just lots of juice coming out of this. 137 is going to be the story. That's big number one to know. Pacers really struggled defensively in this game. Not a shock. Their defense has struggled all season. Philly's worst quarter was 31 points. That's a big thesis, thesis, I guess, a theme of this game, to use a better word, is that the Sixers couldn't be stopped. And it was really two guys. It was obviously the stars, right? Joel Embiid, 37 on 26 shots. He had 14 free throw attempts. That's not new. He has kicked Miles Turner's butt forever and ever. You can view that in many ways. You can view that as an indictment on Miles Turner, which is certainly a good route to go. He's never done well against Turner, and I'd say he does below average against Turner. That's where this gets weird. Everybody stinks against Joel Embiid. He just won MVP for a reason. He's unguardable. But Turner, I think, does worse than... The average center does against Joel Embiid. It's just an expectation for me when these teams play. He did not do well defensively against him in this game, although he did play well offensively. We'll talk about his night in a moment. That I expected, right? When this game started, I thought, yeah, Embiid's going to have 30-whatever and a bunch of rebounds and look awesome. Seven assists for Embiid as well. He was killing it in that department. But the Pacers actually won the minutes with Embiid in the game by one point. But still, they won. 33 minutes for Joel Embiid. Pacers outscored the 76ers in those moments, right? They did a good enough job. They found ways to spread him out. Turner was a big part of that, to Turner's credit. They felt, but they found ways to spread him out. They found ways to make him chase Obi Toppin to the corner. For example, Toppin hit two threes. They found ways to make him play up at the level instead of being farther back, where he's a little better because he's not that fast. And so they that worked. They won Joel Embiid's minutes. What they didn't win is the non-Joel Embiid minutes. Uh, they got smoked in those because star number two for the Sixers, Tyrese Maxey, who's a great player. Tyrese Maxey is an all-NBA track right now. No doubt. Deserved. Even before this game, that buzz was growing in media circles. And then he had 50 against the Pacers. 50. I expected before the game Embiid would be awesome and the Pacers would struggle with him because they have forever and ever. I did not expect that him and Maxey would combine for 87 because Tyrese Maxey would have 50 points. That's a career best for him. And that's where the Pacers' defense fell apart, right? Nick Batum only took five shots. Tobias Harris took was under 50% from the field. The Sixers' bench, in total, made five shots. 
That's it. Five shots total, right? The Pacers did pretty well against the non-star players for Philly, to their credit. Nick Batum had an okay night. He went three for five from deep. Like, everybody else was just like, eh. Tobias Harris had a fine game. But Maxie and Embiid were just so good, it didn't matter. They had the first 13 points for the Sixers, right? That's where this game really turned. It was 4-4, to and then it was 13-4, to and then it was 15-6. to That's a nine-point advantage for the Sixers right there. They won by 11, right? That early stretch where Embiid and Maxi were just dominant, was so much of this game. Because the Pacers, they got a little worse in the second, it got a little better in the third. There was a wave, obviously, but so much of the damage was done early in the game and setting the tone and finding where the cracks were going to be. And those two dominated. And and I again, I expected Embiid to happen. I did not expect Maxi to happen. And so a couple things you could say about this. Tyrese Maxi is really fast with the ball. And he's really shifty side to side. He can go both directions really fast. That's part of what makes him so freaking hard to guard. He got up 32 shots. He had 50 points, and he only attempted three free throws. Right? That's insane. That's a ridiculous game. Um, A lot of his shots, he took 21 twos, are like very repeatable. Tyrese Maxey can get that whenever he wants. Looks close-ish to the basket. That's where the Pacers really are going to need to adjust when these two teams play on Tuesday. We'll talk more about adjustments they can make later in the show, but those shots like were process bad. That was like, oh, Tyrese Maxey just cooked you all night. Whoever was guarding him, I'll refresh and see if they have matchup data in for this game. Yeah, I kind of doubt it, but we'll see um, using NBA.com's box score. But they couldn't guard him. They had no chance. And he kept getting to his spots and scoring those baskets. So on the 21 twos he took, he made 13 of them. Right, That's a very good game. That's repeatable. He can get to those spots all night. That could happen again. That part of their game on Tuesday could be repeatable. Now, what isn't probably, I mean, it could happen again, but what isn't as repeatable is the three. Seven for 11 from deep and three or four of them with these step backs that I, you just shrug and you just go, well, if he's making that, you just lose, right? And there was a great clip. Uh, the Sixers tweeted it out. Uh, I can't remember when I actually saw it. But anyway, NBC Sports Philadelphia broadcast. It was like Maxie's third or fourth step back three. It was in the third quarter. Bruce Brown's on him. And he makes the three. And they cut to Maxie's face. And Bruce Brown's right behind him. And Bruce Brown's eyes roll so far back in his head. Because he's like, dude, like, what are we supposed to do about that? right? So the Embiid game, I think, is expected. I think that's going to happen again. right? On Tuesday, I bet Embiid's going to have 30 and 15. And it's going to be bad. Because they can't guard him. And Miles Turner can't guard him. Maxi, if they can reel him in a bit, that will give the Pacers a much better chance because he had 50 and he was a plus 17, and that's where the game shifted to me. The Pacers won the Embiid minutes. They have to do well in the non-Embiid minutes because Embiid's going to kick their butt, and they couldn't because Maxi was so good. Right, That's where this game really shifted. There was this early second quarter stretch. Pacers got it down yeah, about six-ish late in the first. There was this early second quarter stretch where it was Maxi, no Embiid, and the Sixers did really well in that stretch. And the rest of the game was as you'd expect, right? Embiid came in late and put it away. But the Pacers were really the better team from the mid-second quarter to maybe the mid-fourth, maybe the early fourth, whatever you want to say, right? And that early second where Maxi was phenomenal really, really turned the tide of this game. And that that was that was the game to me. The Pacers had a chance. Yeah, they don't have the matchup data, and yet unfortunately on the NBA box scores, they had a chance to chip into it there. They did good to close the first quarter strong. TJ McConnell was giving them some momentum. That's how they got it back to single digits. And the Maxi kicking butt in that stretch really turned things for the Pacers. McConnell was still a good adjustment. 
And, well, I bet he plays Tuesday again. We can talk about that. But this game was all about the Stars and the Pacers' inability to defend them. And Embiid, they're going to have to double him because Turner can't do him one-on-one. Most centers can't. But Turner, again, like I said, gets his butt kicked more than most. They're going to have to send two. Matherin had some strength moments. Maybe it's those two. A lot of the times, if Embiid's cooking, Maxi, they've got to be ready to help. They've got to be ready to shrink the floor for him uh, because he tore them up. He absolutely tore them up. He was looking to score, too, right? He was passing fine, but he only had five assists. And he had two turnovers, right? He was looking to score, and he could get to whatever shot he wanted, and he could make it. And that's just the Pacers have to be better slowing him down because Embiid's going to get his and already make their life really difficult. If Maxie's going to do that, they have no chance. They had little chance in this game as a result of that. And if you had to boil it down to something, you I would say it was the step-back threes. And they're just, they were just mean shots. Mean shots. And this isn't to say it's luck. He created them. They're open shots because his step-back... Is, is imp- so impressive. He creates so much space. But, like, if he goes four for 11 on threes, which is still, like, fine. That's above league average threes for a game. This is a two-point game. Right? Like, it's a totally different basketball game. So, he was ridiculous. If the Pacers can defend him a little better, they'll have a better chance in the next game. And Embiid's probably going to be... <laughs> too much for them again we'll see they play in two days we'll talk adjustments in the third segment what went right for the Pacers in this game in general with the game flow what can they what do they need to look back on and really reflect on in their Monday film session lots more thoughts about Sixers Pacers coming up in segment two here but first guys we absolutely have to have to have to talk about the great people over at prize picks who are making the largest Daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's easy. It's exciting. It's simple. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Basketball season's here. So you can do combo projections now across football and basketball. For example, Travis Kelsey and LeBron James combined 10.3, excuse me, made threes plus receptions. That's how you can do more or less than that. They also have a reboot policy. So your entries stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games, you got a guy who gets injured the first half, doesn't return the second. Rebooted prize picks. It's one of the only platforms offering said injury insurance policy. So many things make prize picks the most fun way to play daily fantasy sports with their more or less style. It's an absolute blast. It's so simple. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockdown and use the code lockdown NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash lockdown NBA and use that code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N NBA for a first deposit match up to $100 at prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. Back here on Lockdown Pacers, thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day. Go to Lockdown Sixers for your second listen. Hear the other side of the story, whether I'm sure they will be waxing poetic about Tyrese Maxey, All-NBA guard this season, and well-deserved. Well-deserved. I know I, I kind of made it sound like it was a little lucky because he was making hard shots, but like he, he made them. <laughs> That's not lucky. That's impressive, and he's been playing this well all season Unbelievable performance. The Sixers will have locked on Sixers, excuse me, will have more about the Sixers, about Tyrese Maxey, everything you want to know. And you'll learn more about the team that the Pacers play again in their next game. We'll have someone on tomorrow to talk Pacers, Sixers from the Sixers side, especially because it's an in season tournament game. And I want to make those a bigger deal because it's fun. More stuff from Pacers, Sixers. My very first note, well, about. Okay, my first notes are all about Maxi and Embiid, of course. Uh, and Buddy Heald had a huge stretch to keep the Pacers in it, and then his effectiveness kind of dipped away, 
right? I think he's super bummed about how he's shooting right now. He was four for eight from three in this game, but in general did not play the best game ever. But my first note that I really want to talk about from this game and something that I think the Pacers will rely on again come Tuesday is TJ McConnell. TJ McConnell came in for the first time in the second quarter, I believe, of this game. I will double check as I'm talking. But the Pacers were getting embarrassed. Yeah, he did not play in the first quarter. Pacers were getting embarrassed, and they needed a sub. They went down as much as 19 in the second quarter of this game. TJ McConnell came in. He played the final nine minutes of the second quarter. And he had one rebound, one assist, two steals, a block, and six points, and was plus eight in that second quarter alone. Plus eight was huge in the comeback. And then they turned to him again in the second half, and he made his only shot. He had another rebound. He had another steal, and it was a plus two. He finishes plus 10 in a game where the Pacers lost by 11. They were His minutes were phenomenal. Uh, one, because of what he provided. He came in and gave the Pacers energy, 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 and I think that is something they really needed, first of all, after the starting point. And once they had it, he was still viable because he was keeping the ball moving. He was putting pressure on the rim, getting Embiid to move, getting Paul Reed to space out, all sorts of stuff that became important, setting up the bench guys. The Pacers bench had a nice shooting game. Uh, so that was really valuable. But the other thing he did, and this worked really well for the Pacers in this game, is the, the Sixers have some like eh, to good defenders like Melton's a good defender I really love the Anthony Melton Maxie's fast but he's not a great defender but Toom is slow but is a good spot defender Harris is good but not great and then Daniel House Korkmaz they're not that great Beverly is a pest but it's you know they have some limited defenders they always have a crack in the mix and when they had McConnell plus Nemhard. They had two guys who could exploit those cracks in the defense. When they had Halberton plus McConnell, they had two guys who could exploit the cracks in those defense. Or they went to this for a few minutes. I think this was the first time this season. I have to double check, and I might before tomorrow's show. They had Nemhard, McConnell, and Halberton all together for a short stretch in this game. That's what they needed. Ball movement, keep it popping, and that's the most pressure they can put on the rim against the Sixers team to get their defense in rotation to create open shots. They created open threes. They made 41% of them. So McConnell became a key part of this game, and I think stylistically, maybe they don't need the energy part as much, the literal kick in the pants in the first half, like let's go, guys. But I do think his style and his, and what he's good at is going to be helpful uh, in their next game. Like there's like here's the note I have actually. I wish I just read this instead of just running through their defenders one by one. They have good defenders, but they're all kind of like slower-ish. And so the speed that you get from Halbert and McConnell, right? They were twelfth. They're twelfth in pace entering this game, but they were twenty seventh in pace last year. Right? They just like to be a slower team. That was that. I think that was a good move. Um, Benedict Matherin was not looking to pass enough in this game. That's another note I had. Um, despite the, some of the stuff he did do well, he had some powerful drives that were important. He had five rebounds. Again, his defense was okay. Uh, he did not have, after two great games, stepped back a little bit in this one. But third quarter, this is where the Pacers were playing at their best. First of all, Obi Toppin had a sick reverse dunk over Joel Embiid. If you haven't seen the highlights from this game, you absolutely have to check that out. Um, Turner, a couple things in the third quarter that were important. First of all, Tyrese Halburn was freaking ridiculous. Eight points and nine assists in the third quarter alone. By just that quarter, he had nine assists. He was he was absolutely torching them with driving kicks. And the the Sixers just couldn't get out to the shooters quick enough, or they couldn't get the rotating big man big enough, or whatever it was. They could not stop Tyrese Halberton in that frame. He finished nine for fourteen for twenty five points and seventeen assists, and they won his minutes by four. They lost this game, but he was so good. In that third quarter, and paired with that, and the part of 
Halbert being good was Turner also was really good in the third quarter, especially offensively. He started, and you could tell Embiid was getting tired. Embiid had 19 in the first quarter and then kind of slowed down his impact the rest of the game. Turner started blowing by him off the bounce. You'd get a half step on the catch and get around him, and that's something you don't see as much from him, right? So there was stuff Turner did better against Embiid, and that was that was part of it. And he also started making his threes. So it was the third quarter. Miles and Tyrese really turned the game around for the Pacers. Third quarter, Miles Turner, 12 points, 4 of 6 in the field, 2 of 3 from deep. That was huge, right? I don't know if they can rely on that level of aggressiveness from Miles in terms of rim pressure every night or every like for 48 minutes against the Sixers, but that's a good thing for them to think about in the next game is doing a little better with that because they they got ahead they got a chance to get ahead a bunch they actually got ahead at the start of the fourth quarter but they had a couple possessions with a chance to get ahead in the third they were right with them the whole time because Halberton was great and Turner started to add a little bit to what he was doing and they made this comeback and then their bench was good when they came in too right Jalen Smith hit his shots Neesmith hit his only shot they defended well those guys are all plus eight and so combined with Halberton being amazing in the frame they were able to really get the Sixers' defense moving in that third quarter, and I think they will learn a lot from that one. But the big thing for the Pacers, we'll talk about this in the next segment too, their rebounding fell apart uh, late in that quarter and into the fourth so bad. They were giving up offensive rebounds left and right. They had a point where they were down four. They got a stop. Turner bobbled it. It fell out to Maxi in the corner, and the Sixers hit a three on that possession and the next one. It went from four with the Pacers' chance to cut it to one possession to ten. Snap of the fingers. Huge thing that changed the game. But the Pacers did well. They got the lead back at 105-104. I thought they had a chance. Bruce Brown was cutting into the middle of the zone. They were making plays. They looked like they knew what they were doing. They weren't having that much trouble scoring in the game. It was really close. Five-point game in like the middle of the quarter. I think this game technically will count. <laughs> the Pacers lost by double digits, and this game's going to count as a clutch game, I believe. Let me get exactly to the moment. Okay, no, it will barely not. It was a five-point game with five minutes and 30 seconds to go, but it was never within five in the final five minutes. So this will not count as a clutch game. But the, the final score does a disservice to how close this game actually was for a lot of the game. But late, when the Pacers had a chance... The story was, once again, those stars, right? They just took over. They both came in, and Bede came in with, like, five minutes to go. Last, he didn't come in that early for his, like, late-game rotation, but he he's just so good, and Maxie was cooking. So a five-point game with 5.30 to go. Maxie, seven-foot driving floater. Maxie, 27-foot three. Um, Daniel House gets a three. Then Maxie put back layup, although he was actually out of bounds on that play. Joel Embiid gets the next points on a layup. Embiid gets the next points on free throws. Embiid gets the next points on a layup. Maxie driving layup. Maxie three. So those two scored all but one basket from the 530 mark to the one-minute mark for the Sixers. And in that stretch, they scored almost 20 points. So those two guys were the story of the game. Obviously, they combined 37 points. And they dominated at the start. And they dominated at the end. And the Pacers were... I mean, you could even point to the scoreboard and say this. The Pacers were the better team for the middle, like 38 to 40 minutes of the game. But the extreme four minutes on each side of that, they got their butt kicked. And the big part of that was the Stars. They've got to be better against those guys if they want to win on Tuesday night. And there's a lot more they have to do better. There's a couple things in the adjustments section that I want to talk about that the Pacers can lean on to potentially, potentially beat Philly on Tuesday because they did actually have some good moments. Again, if you score 126 points against a good defense like Philly, you got to be happy with that. What can they do better, one, defensively themselves, and two, 
offensively to potentially beat this team in the in-season tournament come Tuesday. We'll talk about that to close out today's show. Before we do so, though, we're going to talk about the wonderful people over at Jace Medical. We spent a lot of time talking together, and we get fired up on wins and losses, who starts, who sits. I'm thankful that we get connected, talking about the Pacers every day. Today, I want to talk to you guys about something a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply of ED medications from Jace Medical. You realize what that means? Being on extended travel? Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, Ratio, or whatever prescription you have. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. You can go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout for a discount as well. Verified customer said this about Jace. I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind, have a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your purchase. Jace Medical, J-A-S-C Medical.com. Back here on Lockdown Pacers, thanks for making us your first listen today and every single day for your second listen. This is funny. The Lockdown Clippers. The Sixers since the trade look amazing. How about that? Nick Batum looked great. Robert Covington doing stuff for them. Marcus Morris is on their team. I don't think he'll play much, but he's on their team. They've got extra picks. They look great. They've won eight in a row. They have the best record in the NBA. The Clippers, James Harden's new team. Uh, ooh, before the Sixers game, I was watching the end of Clippers' Grizzlies. The Grizzlies had one win, and the Grizzlies won on the road in L.A. against the Clippers. Um, oof, oof, oof. Credit. Daryl Morey might have done it again. We'll see. The Clippers lost their first five after getting Westbrook last year and then figured it out. Ty Lue's a great coach. But right now, locked on Clippers will be very interesting. Very, very interesting. The Pacers, speaking of interesting, have a few interesting things they can do to play better in their next game. I touched on one earlier, and I'm going to start with this. Rebounding. Oof, I'm normally not a guy who thinks rebounding is the most important thing ever. I'd consider it one of the least important stats that's like tracked in a box score. A lot of people disagree with that. That's fine. I'm not here to wax poetic about what rebounding is and isn't. What I am here to say is you cannot let the 76ers get 23 offensive rebounds. That's ridiculous. Eight for Embiid, which was crazy. Four for Tobias Harris. Three for Tyrese Maxey. Those are the ones that kill you. I Again, I expect Embiid to kill the Pacers. That's not a good thing. They should not be happy about Embiid kicking their butt. They need to do better against him. But, like, it's he's, this, he's done this for a half decade and plus now. But the other one, I mean, the ones I just said, that's nine. Harris, Maxey, and Batum get you nine. Like, that can't happen. Nine is more than the Pacers had. The Pacers had eight. So... Of course, they got to do better there. You oh, Doing better on the glass is like a never-ending goal for every team. But specifically for the Pacers in a game where they're already out-talented, right? Two stars on the Sixers. They're just ridiculous. They cannot lose the possession battle. The Pacers shot well. They shot a better percentage from the field than the Sixers. They shot 52.2%. They, shot be- they made 41% of the threes. The Sixers also shot really well from three, to be clear. The Pacers got to the foul line one last time than the Sixers. Joel Embiid's team. The Pacers got to the foul line one last time. They did a good job being efficient, getting to the line, making threes, all stuff you have to do if you're going to win against a team that has better talent than you. But you know what they didn't do well is the possession battle. Those offensive rebounds, 15 of them were killer. 
Pacers had 10 turnovers. That's awesome. They've been a great team taking care of the ball this year. The Sixers had 11. So the Pacers win that part of the possession game. Having more chances to actually score the ball is important. And so, you've heard all these stats. Pacers shot it a little bit better. They shot well from three. They didn't turn it over as much. And yet, because of these offensive rebounds, the final tally, the Pacers took 90 shots, and the 76ers took 105. And they were one free throw apart. Sometimes free throws can skew those numbers. They were similar on free throws. They got fouled about as often as each other. But the Sixers took 15 more shots. That is a losing recipe. So even though the Pacers shot a better percentage, they made six less shots from the field. That's hard to overcome. you got to be way better from three or from the foul line to overcome that, and the Pacers were not. So the biggest adjustment the Pacers can make is, of course, you know, big men, whoever's on Embiid, mostly Turner, a little bit of Jalen Smith. you got to hold them to less than eight, but everybody's got to be better on the glass, right? They should not be getting as many as they did from non-Embiid players. Tobias Harris specifically getting four was brutal. Three from Maxi, a guard. I mean, that can't happen. So adjustment number one for the Pacers, they've got to be better on the glass. That was both uh, a five-minute talk about how bad the rebounding was and the fact that it's got to be better. I think they got to go to those McConnell minutes from the jump in the next game. I think they will, um, just given how well it went. I know they're not going to turn to McConnell every night. Rick Carlisle has said, one, that guys have got to earn minutes, and two, he's not going to go to 10 guys just to play 10 guys. But if the 10th guy is giving them a look that – of course, I, like I said, McConnell's energy was a big part of what made him good in this game. But also the extra ball handler against this Sixers team specifically, I think, is a good look. And I think it's something the Pacers should try again on Tuesday. If it's not working or they don't need you know McConnell's skill set as much as they did in this game, maybe don't go to it. But I think that it was something that was successful for them. And turning to that a little earlier... Uh, is you know Andrew Nemhard was fine, but you know getting a little more from the ball handling with the bench would go a long way because the bench groups were good for the Pacers in this game. Uh, Jalen Smith had another nice game. He's been rock solid all season. They won Neesmith's minutes. Neesmith played 26 minutes. Pacers outscored the Sixers in those minutes. And he is strong enough to like give you a couple possessions on Embiid. You don't love it, but it works. He can also stick with Maxi a little bit. But he healed, hit half his threes, right? The bench was good in this game. If they could just get a little more from Nemhard, that would have been great. But in general, McConnell was a big part of those guys doing well, right? He had a nice game. I think you turn to him for 48 minutes next time. Or Well, not play 48 minutes but like from a 48 minute game plan you turn to McConnell as a part of that and I think that could go really well because the bench was something I I put in my notes I think that that group was doing well I think that group did way better than the Sixers bench they flashed a graphic on the Valley Sports Indiana broadcast uh, early in the fourth quarter I don't know what this number ended at but the bench point at that time was like 31 to 6 it was ridiculous Um, and yeah the Sixers bench ended with 13 points Right, right. Buddy Hield alone outscored their bench. So those bench minutes are important for the Pacers. They need to do well on those again. And I think McConnell was a big, big part of that. So sticking with that, uh, I think will be important. And just in general for the Pacers, the glass is the big one of those things. But they generated pretty good looks, right? They're happy with their, they got to be happy with their threes and their shooting percentage against a good defensive team. So the only other thing would be defending better. Defending Maxi better specifically, and I don't know if that's a, a a lineup change. Not like moving someone to the bench, but I mean like instead of Bruce Brown, more Matherin on him or something, because Bruce Brown's the best option, and I think Bruce Brown should be the guy on him, even if it didn't work particularly well in this game, or if it's a slight schematic change. But to me, you just got to try to shrink the floor a little bit more. I'd right? have guys help in a little half step more. Batum obviously going three for five from deep killed you. 
Tobias Harris went over three. Embiid went one for four. Melton went one for three. So maybe you live with some of those guys taking threes early on Tuesday. If Batum's crushing it again or Harris starts hot, you got to maybe switch the pendulum back a little bit. But make someone else beat you if you're the Pacers, right? That kind of helped them against the Bucks. is, all right, Giannis can get to 54, but no one else is going to go crazy against us. That seems to do well. If they can, you know, balance that a little more in a way that's like, eh, okay, maybe Maxine and Beatle will do their thing. But um, we got to try to, sl- to, to slow Maxi a bit more if it means no one else goes crazy. And if that works, that could be better. But, I mean, again, like I said, I think Maxi just got to whatever shot he wanted so easily that they just got to hope some of those step-back threes don't go in at the rate they did. Because if they do again, they just they have no chance. The stars were too good. And maybe they will be again. Halliburton was phenomenal. Aaron Neesmith was rock solid. McConnell was huge. Turner on offense was good. But they need Turner to be better defensively and on the glass. They need a couple other guys to step up on the offensive end. Obi Toppin. I haven't said his name very much. He had a very nice game. Six for seven from the field for 14 points. Matherin in particular. I think Matherin taking a step forward just with general effectiveness in this game, uh, in the next game, excuse me, would go a long way for this Pacers team. Him and Nemar both. The second-year guards are X-Factors come Tuesday. Looking forward to it tomorrow. More Pacers Sixers talk. We'll look big picture at this matchup, what adjustments we think could happen, the in-season tournament, all sorts of good stuff ahead of Tuesday's game. We'll break it down on Wednesday. And then later in the week, we have a gap before they play the Magic on Sunday. So we'll do some big picture stuff since we'll be about uh, one-seventh of the way into the season come that time. So lots of fun stuff coming here on the Lockdown Pacers podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed the game over the weekend. If you're an IU fan, basketball, great, except not really. They've looked horrible, but they've won both times. Football, not so great. Um, if you're a Purdue fan, football, great. Basketball, great. Congratulations to the Boilers on a football win over the weekend. Be back tomorrow talking Pacers Sixers. I'm on Twitter at Tony R. East. The show is at Lockdown Pacers. Thank you guys a ton for listening. We'll see you soon.